another edition of the Power Podcast this week. I'm joined by Birdie. How's it going, lads? And Forty. G'day, fellas. Good to be back. And Ham. Uh, konnichiwa. Yes, our resident Ham had a uh, trip over to Japan in the off-season. How'd you find it? Ah, oh, it was fantastic. Unbelievable. Best country that I've ever been to. I've been to four. <laughs> <laughs> you bring back a nice waifu? Oh, I tried. I tried to pick her up on the uh, on the crane crane machine, but <laughs> she wouldn't. She wouldn't fall for me. Did you find any and outside backs for us? Because we're pretty uh, slim pickings there at the moment. They, they love say. they love rugby union in Japan, and I tried to run into America Corabetti, but unfortunately, he was uh, too far north for me to go. So, so you didn't convert any of the blossoms over to the the one true code. No, unfortunately not. You should have sold them the dream of Eljan chicken. That will get them over here. <laughs> Their loss. And Birdie, mate, your Cowboys, how about them? Yeah, look, <laughs> you know, it's, what is the death, taxes and um, Aaron Jackson. Jones owning us? Like, it's just, I don't know, like, I don't know why I get my hopes up so high. Like, you know, it's kind of like Parramatta all over. Like, can I get a break from foot, from any heartbreak from any of my teams, like, all year round? So It's like they, they, there's that order of teams that win out over each other in your conference 40 but the way that it works for the rest of the um the rest of um the nfc is that packers beat the cowboys in the playoffs mm-hmm. but 49ers beat mm-hmm. the packers in the playoffs yep um so unfortunately they're birdie but you know we only made it one more week yeah but like honestly you know our team is literally everyone's like literally everyone's going against each other it's like the nfl like you got the QB. You know, it's not so much the players having to go with each other; it's the family members. So it's literally like <laughs> the mums and the brothers. Yeah, the mums and the brothers, and oh, like on social they all media. should just keep their mouth shut because the money that's supporting their lifestyle. You know, it's their lives and you know and careers. So just be a passenger princess, and yeah, that's it. Any other big off-season news not revolving the eels? Um, Nobody got married. No children. No COVID last Moses week. It still exists. Yeah, you're right. It did. So, yeah, Mitch got married and there was some good uh, social media posts from the boys. Oh, you talk- I thought you were talking about us. Have any of us got married? Oh, there goes, there goes the dog. Sorry, there. Well, 40, uh, 40's dog just got um, murdered then, so that's another big one. I would see more thinking that someone's at the door. Yeah, he, he can pop off. Um, all right, well, uh, sorry we didn't do a season recap uh pod last year um i think we all just were over it by the end of the year and uh there's really only a couple of words to describe last year and it was a wasted opportunity and clusterfuck and uh completely up and down like a fiddler's elbow yeah, that's the summary yeah, yeah <laughs> pretty much sums it up we, uh, what's the um what's that hercules gif disappointed <laughs> yeah. throwing that in there and that's yeah that's the season recap robert your father's brother might link that in the uh, show notes, but let's that that particular clip. Uh, if you haven't seen it, it's the old '90s Hercules. Xena uh, instead of he's uh, read the script. Um, he's meant to say the line as being disappointed uh, in a disappointed tone, but uh, obviously <laughs> didn't pick up that and just screams disappointed at the end of it. 
let's get a 2024 player movement. So we'll start with the losses. Jake Arthur, he has already gone over to Manly. Um, congratulations to those people that ran him out of town. Please don't do it with his younger brother because he looks like a very good uh, dummy half prospect coming through. Uh, Wonga Blake, he actually found a home over in St. Helens. Mm. Uh, Nathan Brown, he was released. Wes, he ended up now. He's, on, to, he's not even on a top 30. He was on a training trial mainly, right? That was the last we yeah, heard. Yeah, we that's it. Releasing Tua Pilotu, he'll be top 30. Ah, I see. Well, he's got a bit of a legal stoush, I think, now as well. Um, the old, what was that? Uh, the two um, player agents that had something together and then they had a falling out. One of them's done by Tedesco. I can't remember the other one. Is it Mo- uh, Moses? Yeah. Moses and Weeby. Yeah, Weeby, the falling out there. They've um, got some civil action going on in the Supremo about who owes what money under Nathan Brown's contract for player agent fees. So lots of fun there. Um, Andrew Davey retired, um, so only came back to us briefly from the Bulldogs. Um, good to see him go out in the blue and gold. Smart, um, but smart obviously, goal, yeah. Yeah, he's um, yeah, good fringe player. Josh Hodgson retired, that knee, and then was it back issues as well? Neck. Neck. Um, you know, we took a gamble after, you know, uh, old mate Chinese Tucker went over to the Bulldogs, um, but <laughs> that one didn't pay off. But I don't think we were spending that much money on Josh anyway. So, and um, I got to say, I, gamble. I, I respect a lot of his players making these calls for long term health rather than, you know, staying in the game for an extra year and then dealing with the serious long term consequences of a concussion or neck injury. Yeah, and Josh sort of struck me as like, um, you know, over in the NFL, you'd have sort of statesman QB that had come in and um, mentor the younger guys. That seemed to be his role mm-hmm. last year. And, you know, with some of the players, uh, the two players in the hooking role there in hands. And um, we later brought in, shit, what's his name? Joey, Joey Lussick. Yeah, Lussick. Uh, he seemed to be a pretty good mentor to get hands going. Mm-hmm. Somebody who was pretty fringy sort of um, utility to, you know, 80-minute hooker at points across the season. Yep. I think that's fair. Um, Jack Murchie, um, here one day, gone to Huddersfield Giants the next. Yeah, I, I got the ready on that one wrong. When I was actually pretty happy when we signed Murchie. I thought he'd be the perfect sort of project guy that we've worked with in the past, um, and it just didn't work out here. He, just, he, he couldn't find his feet at the club, and yeah, so good luck to him in the uh, ESL. But yeah, got, I definitely I was in the camp that he was going to be a good signing for us, and it just didn't work out. And then Mitch Rain, he's retired, so Mitch... Was it one or two games in first grade? But majority of it played down in reserves. Okay, the gains. So we've signed Morgan Harper, uh, which is really a replacement for... Um, oh, we didn't even list there. Uh, oh, no, sorry. is a replacement for Wunga Blake, uh, pretty much. And then I guess Kelma Tualangi, he got released from Manly, and that's really a replacement for, I guess, Jack Murchie slash Andrew Davey in that fringe sort of second row spot. Yeah. yeah, I think uh, you know. I think not too many people are excited about Morgan Harper. Oh, you know, and the the one that one game or that one half really sticks out in the memory. Um, but then you know, if if he's a backup option, it's it's whatever. It's, it's okay. I think to Alungi, he might have a bit something to prove. I know there's been a lot of um, comparisons to Papali'i sort of coming in, and but Papali'i played more games as New Zealand international. Like his talent was very obvious, whereas Tuolangi, I think, you know, he, he can be a fifteen to twenty minute guy off the bench. I think that's sort of his role with us: just go out there, go out on the edge, and just try and bust some heads. I don't mind taking the flyer on Tuolangi. I think as a raw prospect, 
like you said, Ham, a lot of people will project him similar to Isaiah Papali'i. Um, he, he is a different player, though. Uh, he's taller, more of the prototypical modern back rower, whereas Isaiah is a you know short, nuggety powerhouse you know, with incredible explosive traits. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't mind us taking the punt on Torlangi. I think there is some upside there to work towards. And I think his, his baseline, his floor, is a decent NRL player. Not necessarily, a, you know, a star or anything, but I think that's a pretty decent thing in our system. Um, and on Morgan Harper, well, I was pretty vocally critical of the, the signing at the time. Um, I've warmed up a little bit. Like, I'm not saying that he's going to, you know, come in and, and be a star for us or be a plus-plus player, but... Yeah, like Ham said, when you look at him as a piece of depth in the backline rotation, it, it makes the signing uh, a lot make a lot more sense. Um, and the fact that he got a haircut, I think that that honestly, yeah. that like I no joke, actually makes me feel a lot better about the signing. He, he looks so much better for short hair. So well done to him there. And it is yeah. only one year. Yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. That's that was the one point I was going to make. It's twenty twenty four. So it's like, and you know, can we say it? Now he couldn't be any worse than Wonga Blake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he could be, at least that last um, year. <laughs> he could be. What was his name? Robert Robins, Robertson. Was it Michael Robertson? Oh, Michael that? Robertson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The he was fast, but that was about it, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he played one game. Was it against Penrith? Oh. I don't even remember. Yeah. Um, all right. The re-signings for this year. Uh, Dejon Arcee got an extension for this season. Sort of. I guess is that half um, backup. Dylan Brown um, was the big one last year to 2031 with all those player options. Bryce Cartwright got two years to 2025. Dury the same to 2025. Wittemir Gregg to 2025. Hands 2025. God, there's a lot of contract in 2025. Uh, Hopgood 2025. Moses 28. Uh, Penasini 26. Will, that is. Sean Russell 25. Bailey Simonson 24. And Mika Sibo 27. Um, with the off-contracts being Arcee, Jock Brazel, Zach Sini, Charlie Geimer, Morgan Harper, Makahesi Makatoa, Jim Ra, Momasia, uh, Ofiki Ogden, Kai Rodwell, Ethan Sanders, Bailey Simonson, and Tavita Tohonomapia. Um, so with a lot of those off-contracts there, it seems like the big one, Ethan Sanders, is meant to be going to the Raiders. It seems to be nothing official as yet, and they've signed other... The way Brad Arthur spoke about him in that big interview of Paul Crawley recently would imply that he, I think he's probably on his way out there. Whether it's yeah. the Raiders or not, I don't think the club can field an offer competitive enough, not even just financially, but opportunity-wise behind two very well-established NRL halves in Moses and Brown to com- convince him to stay. Um, all right, well, I think that just about does player movement. So um, it's pretty much same rolling back the tape uh, on the squad last year where just having for a lot better injury luck and, and hopefully, you know, most of the players stay in the good books off the field so they're not screwing themselves um, like a, a certain Dylan Brown did last year. Agreed. I mean, that, that's very much the plan is that they believe, rightly or wrongly, we'll find out, that uh, they have the cattle to be com- highly competitive, not just competitive. But, yeah, that all the off-field stuff and the injuries conspired to restrict them. Well, I, you know, just, just a little quick, I, th- I think if we keep our forward pack on the field like our forward packs probably the best in the competition or if not top three if they can stay on the field for more than 12 games together like that that's minimum top eight already and then you add on our strike players on top of that i think you know if they've just got to stay on the field we just didn't have the players on the field last year mm-hmm. and then looking at the casualty award to start off the year so um unfortunately in the off season two acls arthur miller stephen who had uh one big breakout game, I guess, last year. Um, 
but quite young, good prospect, but he'll be sitting out all of next, uh, all of this year rather. And then another big blow, um, Dick Penasini, Richard Penasini, blowing out his ACL as well, also in the preseason. Um, then there's a couple of little ones there: Junior Paulo toe preseason, we expected return. Clint Gutho knee preseason, Wearing Greg foot preseason. Um, do you think there's any cause for concern with those two big ACLs there? Soft tissue injuries in the preseason? Is it just bad luck, or you, know, you reckon we need to look at strength and conditioning a bit more? I think. Given you look at our track record of ACLs in recent seasons, I'd say probably those two would skew towards bad luck. I don't think we've been anywhere above average in regards to those sort of injuries. Um, well, it, uh, sorry, just to cut in there, last ACL would have been Hayes Dunster, which was from an illegal tackle. Yeah, the Tigers one was similar as well. Do you remember Guffo's when he gets the Tigers? Literally, he got tackled. Oh, he got ro- he got rolled up from behind by yeah yeah. yeah so, so, but yeah, in in terms of that, that was twenty seventeen. 2017, yeah. yeah. So we we haven't had. I can't. I think the last one before that maybe might have been Bo Champion when we had him, and even Bo Loco back in the day. Like Bo Scott, I know Bo Scott and Tony Williams both did theirs in 2018. Yeah. What about what was Watmau's injury when he medically retired? Was that a, an ACL injury? Everything. <laughs> that was a that was a Bo Scott injury. That was a business injury. issue, didn't <laughs> He was he was held together by bloody duct tape at that point. But yeah, I don't think signs point towards. Anything significant there? I think it's just le- legitimately a case of bad luck for two young players there, um, and it sucks because I think, as you mentioned, Hamish, that Arthur Miller Stephen was you know actually part of our backline depth, and Richard Penasini was a you know is not was not like it's ended his career, um, but he is a very talented young player that we were hoping, while he probably wouldn't play first grade this year, would be pushing strongly to put himself in position for season twenty twenty five by playing a lot of uh, reserve grade and whatnot. So, yeah, really, really lame to lose those two young talents so early, but there's still plenty of young guys in the squad looking to make names for themselves this year, so we you know, remain upbeat in that regard and wish AMS and uh, Richard all the best in their recovery. And, you know, knowing that an ACL is nowhere the, near the death warrant for your career that it once was. Sounds yeah, disrespectful to them, but, like, realistically, they, these guys are, uh, like, roster spot 28 to 30, so they're, like... It is unfortunate they've had this injury, but I'm not. My expectations weren't high on them, you know. As I said, it's unfortunate. It's just um, it doesn't change my view on on the outside backs, if that makes sense, and the expectation. Because as as you said, I don't ex- I didn't expect Richard to play any game time this year. You know, he only played reserve grade last year towards the end, and AMS has been in and out, you know, with a couple of injuries. Like so, you know, if there, if there is a fortunate way to save an injury, it's towards the later uh, or p- players to the roster, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. I think. Uh, uh, at least my issue is that when you start testing that depth, there's just none there at the moment with the amount of outside backs we've got. Like, if we just string them off there, you've got Simonson, Dejon Arcee, Hayes Dunstar, Makasibo, Morgan Harper, Sean Russell, Will Penasini, and Zach Sini. Um, Zach has hardly been brought up to first grade, and I don't know. I think he's more of a reserve grade player at this point. You know, Bailey, I'd have him on the wing or nowhere. Um, Dejon Arcee, I think really? Better suited. Uh, sorry, Bailey. I would have him in the centres, okay. not on the wing. <laughs> the other way around. <laughs> um, we're, we're about to throw hands in. That was, I was about to swing on you hard. That was. Why are you bringing Brendan into this? <laughs> um, Dejan Arcy, um, more of a half, I think, than a centre these days. Um, so, you know, it's, it's if if we get some outside back injuries, which we've known to have in the past, it's going to test the depth pretty quickly. Mm. Yes, perhaps we can 
make a certain signing of a certain outside back from a certain rival club, um, but that rumor seems to have gone away. Like I'm, I'm more looking forward to uh, how how Hayes is returning. I know he's going to be past what it's going to be what 18 months or a year past his surgery or his recovery. Sorry, and we we need to see if he's you know back to back to normal or if he can you know play first grade again. Because mate, if you were, if you read Sixty's uh, training report this week. There's a little bit there about his speed off the mark. Can I just say, can I give a warning to everyone? Yeah. So I've tuned out of the, the Discord Rugby League, literally, um, after, right after full-time after our last game. I said, these, I'm not going to try to swear, these twats don't deserve my off-season attention. <laughs> I'll see you later on in the when preseason starts. So I'm coming in this fresh. You know, last year, you know, I got some high hopes on, like, you know, certain some players that we got from the Newcastle Knights, you know. I thought Jerome Monsia might be a good handy signing, you know, Murchie. But listen, uh, I'm new. As far as I'm concerned, is Hay still in the roster? You know, he might have been shipped out. I don't know. So yeah, I'm I'm not uh, up to speed with all the training reports. Well, now it's your chance to get up to speed, and uh, you're already listening to the Parrot Podcast. So what more do you need to know? Um, Bertie, listen to it as we go along. Um, Steve Georgialis is signed as the new NRLW head coach for the 2024 and 2025 season. Uh, so I'll quote there, I'm really looking forward to connecting with the Eels playing group and working closely with assistant coach Kate Mullally and the rest of our staff to ensure we build a successful football program next season, which is this season. Um, so Steve comes from the Bulldogs. Um, he led the New South Wales Cup and the state championship. Oh, sorry, got state championship titles previously with the Bulldogs. Um, he, he stepped in as the interim coach at one point. He, he has he? been an interim NRL head coach, yes. So yeah, he brings a fair bit of experience. I've only heard to the good things. Yeah, and he actually has been employed in a dual capacity. Uh, he also is our. Uh, he's also stepping into Nathan Brown's role as the. I think it's the elite coaching uh, not, director of the club's yeah, elite pathways. That's program. that's the word I was going to say. Because high performance manager of the elite pathways or something similar. So you got the exact title there. So yeah, I like the uh, I like the appointment. Um, I feel like it will bring. Uh, standards like baseline standards i think to the nrlw program to bring them into line with the rest of the competition and make them more competitive on a game-to-game basis um yeah so no no issues there the only issue i have with the nrlw is i, I just want to see a bit of recruitment and retention um yeah definitely it's too silent isn't it yeah the especially teams like the Cronulla sharks they've been quite active in not not just uh signing their own players but going out and getting some talent too so um you know it's a very competitive marketplace and I'm not even worried about going out and getting stars at this point. We've just got some internal talent that I want to see us, you know, ink to a, a you know relative long-term deal. You know, uh, given what we have in the competition right now, so what two, three-year deals, sort of a norm for a long contract at the moment. Um, and yeah, just make sure we don't get poached because as much as we do have some holes to fill, we also have some very talented players um, across some important positions to keep under lock and key. Yeah, it seems, you know, last year and so far, the silence is deafening and that we're just treating it like a Mickey Mouse competition. And, like, if you're going to have a top-grade women's team, it's not good enough just to show up there and get beat by 50 every week. Let's, you know, no, feel a competitive team. Agreed. Yeah. And uh, we've got some pieces there. Cassie Toei Hiku, Tyler Amiatu, uh, Zawi Fay. Uh, you know, just off the top of my head right there, but there's, there's at least, you know, four or five other very talented players that – the sort of rebuild we're talking about would not take long to be very competitive in this competition, especially if you know we're getting good, competent players around them. So just some savvy recruitment and some you know good, hard-nosed coaching from George Alice would put us far ahead of where we were last year. Completely agreed. 
And look at the, you know, there was a, a whole stack of new teams there last year, and there's, are they expanding again? Not this year, but the year after. That's, that's what they were talking about uh, originally. I don't know if they're going to persist. Uh, I don't know how much talent they can support in terms of keeping the quality of the player pool high, while also, you know, expanding for the sake of growing the game. So, uh, have to wait and see. But I believe that was the plan initially. Hamish was to do the big expansion that we just had with what four teams coming in, and then consider expansion again two years later. But like, you know, all, every single new team finished higher on the ladder than mm-hmm. we did. Mm-hmm. We finished Stone Cold motherless with a negative 206 differential. That's we we copped some hidings. Yeah, it was not pleasant. Um, all right. So the Eels Junior um, representative squads have been confirmed for the 2024 season. So we'll be fielding teams in the Lisa Fiola, the Harold Mats, Tasha Gale and the SG Ball Cup. Um, so just remind us there, guys, Lisa Fiola is under 17. Yeah, yeah. So that's the same as the Harold Mats, except the um, women's version. Yes. So it brings Harold Mats and SG Ball in alignment with now the Lisa Fiola and the Tasha Gale. And Tasha Gale and SG Ball are now, is that 21s? No, 19s. Flag is 21s. 19s. Uh, Flag's 21s. There isn't a 21s pathways for the women yet, but there is the Harvey Normans Women's Premiership. And then the NRLW Premiership, and it seems that anybody who's good enough well, will lay siphon player from the um, Harvey Normans Cup pretty consistently mm-hmm. straight up into first grade. Um, but is this this is the first year for the Lisa Fiola? No, it's, it was played last it's, year. It's so. existed in a to- like a very small tournament form uh, for what two years, Ham? I think. Uh, no, last year was first just last year. year? Oh, sorry. So. The first year was like a carnival. Yeah, it was, it was a, a weekend carnival. And then it was a month-long program in 2023. Um, and now it's obviously stepped into a full junior representative pathways program in 2024. There's some um, names in there that ring from uh, certain first graders. <laughs> there's a Mere Sivo. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there's any uh, connection to Meka Sivo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anavave. Yeah, Anavave. Uh, Fear, Fear, Freedom, Crichton, Rapati. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ham, you are pointing out that that's a very, actually a very good chance of being a relation. Um, but yeah, we'll link um, a copy of those junior squads in there. And that then brings us to this first weekend of games. Um, football's back, baby. Good old split weekend as well. we got the uh, Saturday-Sunday mix. Um, so let's start it off. Lisa Fiola Cup, 10 a.m. Saturday, the 3rd of February, played out at Belmore Sports Ground. So the Bulldogs taking on the Eels. Um, again, the team listed up there on the Eels website. Tasha Gales, Saturday, also at Belmore Sports Ground. This is all broadcast on New South Wales Rugby League TV. Oh, oh sorry, only the Tasha Gales is. Um, but that's 11.30, Saturday, 3rd of February. Bulldogs and Eels again. Team list up on the website. Oh, no, I, th- I believe um, I got all, this the, wrong. all of our games this weekend are, are uh, being televised on New South Wales Rugby League TV. I think you're right. You're right. How good. So usually that's a stream on Facebook, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Correct. Yep. Uh, Harold Matt's Eels taking on the Warriors 10 a.m. Sunday, the 4th of February at Eric Tweedle Stadium. Where the hell is Eric Tweedle Stadium here at 40? It's, uh, actually, Sorry. it's actually a very, very good complex out of Granville. Uh, right, Ham's Granville, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's been brought up to spec to host NRLW games, actually. So or NRLW training. So yeah, it's a pretty good, pretty good uh, joint. And go get yourself uh, what's over at Granville there, just opposite the station, the chicken Goljana. joint. Oljana. Was that the original? That's the one. That's your, the OG. 
Yeah, gee, I went there after um, a certain grand final loss in 2022 and had some guy, um, very dark-skinned, pretending to be uh, Black Panther. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he wasn't black-facing it up. No, he, no. He, was, he was OG a Black Panther. Okay. <laughs> Um, SG Ball Cup, 11.30am, also at Eric Tweedle Stadium. He was taking on the Warriors uh, Sunday the 4th of Feb. So Ham, 40, I assume you are chomping at the bit to get out there. Yeah, it's going to be good. I'll be at uh, the Fiola and Tashigao as well. So that's uh, right next door to me, actually. So that's a, a nice little locale for me. But yeah, very keen to see how all four squads go. Uh, and as it, as always is with the, uh, and I know there's been a couple of trials um, Ham, you've been out there, haven't been able to get out, but the first couple of rounds is always like a sort of get-to-know period with the, the junior reps because there's so much turnover every season. So getting to figure out the identity of the squads, you know, how different players will you know take over or perform is always fun and just getting to know the personality of both the players and the team. And, yeah, it all starts this weekend, so it's going to be real fun. There's a couple of returning names there. Is there any players that you have that stand out, um, especially in the, the Matson ball from last year? Ham, I'll let you throw out your uh, ones to watch first. Uh, so I'll go the Mats. He's not returning, he's new. Cyrus Bloomfield. Um, I've seen one game of him, sort of one trial match of him. He's just, he's a year young. Uh, I like him. Uh, from So he's probably in the back line. Say Taylor Rosati and Lincoln Fletcher as well. For returning ones, oh, Link, Lincoln played a couple of games last year. Returning ones, Ocean Vivella, Mason Ong. Mm-hmm. They're going to be big front row and especially with Ryder Talunga younger brother of Blaze uh, that's going to be massive front row they're going to be very very hard to handle for opposition teams and then in SG Ball I'm going to go Devonto Vivella for a big year I'm going Dom Ferruja and I'm going Josiah Funa Ayuta and Tyrese Lockenny Ham's uh, sort of stolen most of my funder here <laughs> um, he's picked out a lot of the, the players that I would have also highlighted yeah SG Ball very keen to see how some of those uh, junior eligible players in Dom Ferruja and Josiah Funayu to go they were absolute studs in the Harold Matthews um, and they have all the makings physically to be able to step into SG Ball and dominate from day dot even though they're a year young um, it's good to see Tyrese Lakenny back in the Paramount I mean I say back he had a I believe he had a year off due to school commitments for sport, so um, good to see him back and in the back row. Um, one name that Ham, I don't think you mentioned, but I'm actually, he's a bit intriguing given he had a bag the Hattie in the trials and comes with a very odd pedigree in terms of regular league, but Jai Camilleri at dummy half. Um, we haven't really had that Isaac Luke style, you know, running aggressive dummy half, and I'm interested to see if he can be that as a prospect. Um, but aside of that, um, I haven't seen him, but you mentioned Devontae. I haven't seen him this year. I saw him last year. But you mentioned Devontae's one to watch him. Um, he really built into the season last year. Had some struggles early on if I'm handling, but then he went through the finals as an actual pretty important performer. So good to see him back. Mo Almadine on the wing. Um, he was one that really surprised me last year, transitioning from fullback to wing, and I thought he did a great job there. Really looking forward to seeing what he can do. Uh, in the mats, Cyrus Bloomfield was a player I've been waiting to see for about a year and a half. He's been in our talent program's pathways and had some good reps, so keen to see how he goes with the custodial role, number one on his back. Uh, Lorima Rokasuka's back again, which is good. Ryder Talungi, where he's got the pedigree of being a younger brother, so and it's going to be that fun dichotomy between the outside back frame of Blaze, or halves outside back frame of Blaze, and the towering prop forward frame of uh, Ryder. Um, Ocean Vivella, Mason Ong, uh, Ham already mentioned them. 
not too familiar with Alisa Fiola. Uh, that is a a it's a the the Mats and the Fiola are the two teams that always have the most turnover. And B, it's the first time I've seen the Fiola in a full program, so I'm not too sure who to point out. But in Tasha Gale, I mean, we, we know her now, but Lindsay Tilly, she played NRLW last year in her junior year of eligibility for Tasha Gale. Caitlin Pearden's back as well, so that's a good centre pairing. Hallie Bell's a real goer on the wing. And then uh, in the forwards, uh, Liana Dimmick, I thought was very impressive last year. Ham, you really liked Bella Sanford. Um, so really keen to see what she can do in her second year as a Gale player in the back row. And yeah, and just... Uh, Really keen to see some of these new faces. Well, that's as good a pump up as any for um, some of those junior reps there. And uh, thank you, Hammond, for 40 for being so uh, diligent in getting out there and uh, giving us the info for all those uh, juniors coming through. Um, and should just confirm that the hit rate on juniors coming through is like percentage point of a percentage point. So <laughs> oh, yeah. don't, get, yeah, don't get your hopes too high on some of these names. Yeah, it's uh, such an inexact science, even though it's like being refined so well. But there are so many things that go into becoming an NRL and NRLW player on and off the field, and there's only so much we as fans will ever know, and even in clubs, there's so much in that that formula that can change wildly on a week-to-week, month-to-month basis. And, you know, you could have 99% being a regular, uh, an NRL player, just that 1%, mm-hmm. which is luck. Yep. Timing, luck, availability. Uh, then You could be unlucky and get an injury yep, and then exactly. your career. And you, you can, could be very lucky and someone does an injury and you step up. And that open, opens a door where you might not have had a chance to get into. Exactly. There are just so, some yeah, things you can't that, control. Yeah, just that 1% that's just luck. All right. Well, the one last thing is just the confirmation of the Eels uh, first grade preseason uh, matches. So the first one's being played on Saturday, the 17th of February uh, down at Cogra. Um, that's against the Raiders as the curtain raiser to the Charity Shield match. That's ridiculous. I looked the at tickets for the that. Roosters. I looked at tickets for that, sorry. And it was yeah. $25 to sit on the hill, $45 to sit in the grandstand. Jeez Louise. So uh, I will be sitting on my lounge watching that one. <laughs> well, I guess if you're going to be there, you're going to be there for two games. So 25 bucks for two games. Yeah, but then you got to sit on a hill in Cogra and watch Rabbitohs and Dragons. Yuck. It's dragons yeah. and roosters. It's listed as. I think they've got that wrong on our website because I'm going to say I thought the it's the a charity shield. In the charity shield. <laughs> um, all right, week two we'll see the eels travel to Queensland to face the Titans on Sunday, February 25th in Ipswich, and I assume you'll be on the couch for that one as well. But uh, ham. Yeah, yeah, I'm not not flying up for a trial match. That's a bit too much. Um, all right, we'll see if we come back next week. Uh, if not, we will then be back the week after for the preview of the first trial match. And just confirming, the Charity Shield is still played between the Bunnies and the Dragons, not the Roosters <laughs> and the Dragons, <laughs> as our website would have us believe. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, if we're not back next week, just to wrap up some of that junior stuff, we'll be back the week after to wrap up junior's first two weeks and then uh, jump into the preview of... Um, the first trial match and then it won't be too long until we are at our first game which is what's the first weekend Saturday 5.30 against the Doggies I think isn't it the second weekend of March the 9th yeah in my calendar it's already preloaded in there round zero first up in Vegas which will be fun to watch but uh, yeah then we have the the Doggies at Combank and um, with the the Doggies at Combank uh, you know we'll get into it a little little bit down the track but uh, 
that Bulldogs roster, it's going to be hard to pick out who the hell is going to be in their back line because it seems like everybody's a utility there. So far. <laughs> Did you see that, um, uh, the animated thing that was going around the traps and they had the, uh, the same when the Bulldogs was, uh, what position are you? And someone gave out like a fullback. Yeah, quite what position are you? Fullback. Wrong. And then they end up getting to one of the other guys and he says, utility. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right then, boys. Well, it's it's been a nice, quiet, peaceful off season. Hopefully, it continues. Um, don't oh, jinx anything. Sorry, I just I'd like to make an apology. Um, it's the first uh, blunder of the off season. It's um, I'd like to issue an apology. It was Michael Oldfield, not Michael Robertson. Oh, oh mate, okay. <laughs> don't get Bertie started. <laughs> oh, single handedly, the to be, worst to be fair, player. To be fair, there's a few a few Michaels could have been. It could have been a Michael Barney. He was pretty ordinary as well. Um, but yeah, Oldfield, yes. Hey, he played dog shit, and he blamed the coaching for his poor performance. Dude, you can't tackle. You can't do shit. So don't blame people. The podcast is officially back, boys. Bertie has gotten yeah, fired up. Finally back. I've, I've been on my best behaviour until yeah. I mentioned the two. Michael Oldfield. I, I, won't, I, I may, I'll make sure I won't mention Justin Hunt next time. <laughs> oh, no, he was all right, but... Uh... Uh, all right, gentlemen. Well, that will wrap us up here, um, and we hope to catch you guys on the next Parapodcast. Cheers. Thanks. Yeah,